speak briefly to you this morning. Matthew chapter 26. I want to begin reading Matthew chapter 26. I want to read 10 scriptures this morning, verses 6 through 16. Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 16. When you get there, amen, would you stand on your feet and say, Amen, I'm there. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Almost there. Amen. I like to hear those pages turn. I like to know what's being preached. When I go sit under somebody preaching, I take my Bible. Because I want to keep up with what they're saying. Amen. Amen. You ought to bring your Bible to church. Amen. If you don't, you need one, get with us. Brother Jared Dunn said we'd buy you one. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head, and he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you but me. You have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on the body, she did for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share this story from the different points of view this morning of each of our gospel writers and talk about this morning this story from the different viewpoints. Amen. And I just want to say this. I said it one Wednesday night a while back when I was talking. You know, it's, it's unique how we have the four gospels from four different perspectives of men. Amen. If you took four of us out of this service this morning, you took us to a room by ourselves and you sat us down and you began to write down what we said about this service, there would be a lot of things that resembled, but there would be some things that I saw differently than what you saw and vice versa from you to me. Amen. And so I think it's important that we take that into consideration when we read the Gospels. You know, everything's not in every one of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some vary the stories, and some go into more detail about certain things. There was things that stood out to Matthew that he jotted down and talked about that Mark or Luke may not have saw from what he was looking at. Amen. So I want you to keep this in the forefront of your mind this morning as we get into this word. This story about the woman, this woman anointing Jesus' feet, it is one 
of only few that are told by all of the gospel writers. Amen. We're going to read from each passage of scripture this morning in all four gospels. So keep your Bible open for just a moment if you will. I think that's very interesting to note this morning and also very important that this passage of scripture made it in all four of the gospels. Jesus was trying to tell us something through this word. Amen. I don't know that I've ever put put any time into really studying this word until I was out with Brother Jared this week in Arkansas and just begin to look at this and study it and meditate on it. Amen. And I appreciate the fact this morning that Brother Russell and I had talked, you know, over the last few days and it looked like at one point that I wasn't going to be able to be back this morning because of the tropical storm coming in. We thought some flights were going to be delayed and so we just kind of talked to him and had him on standby. And as I got back yesterday and spoke with him, he said, Pastor, he said, I just want to to be objective to you. I want to submit to you this morning. If you feel like you're supposed to preach, amen, you go ahead and preach. That means a lot, church. The oil flows when somebody submits to the authority in their life. And I took the phone this morning and I called Pastor Jared and I said, Brother, I want to submit to you before I go to that church and preach this word. Amen. I thank God for what he's doing through the submission and the humility of people in this church church amen because it allows the oil to flow brother that alabaster box can be broken in the presence of our Lord and that's why the Holy Ghost is moving in this place and the Spirit of God is so real in the service this morning I don't know if you feeling what I feel up here this morning or not but my God the presence of God so strong I'm trembling under his presence and can't hardly stand but I thank God for the anointing and the power of God this morning Thank you, Brother Russell, for your humility and your obedience this morning. Amen. The Mary, this, this Mary in the story. Now, I want you to, to get this in your heart so you'll, you'll follow me. It's kind of confusing. We get so many Marys that we don't know which one's which. And so I got this morning got to making sure I was right on this. This Mary in this story is not the mother of Jesus. It's not Mary Magdalene. But this is Mary, the sister of Martha of Bethany. Okay? So keep that in your mind so you'll know who we're talking about as we go through. Amen. And so let's look over, if you will, turn with me now to the book of Mark, chapter 14. The book of Mark, chapter 14. We'll look at verse number 3. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper... As he sat at meat, there came a woman, having an alabaster box of ointment and spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus let her alone. Why trouble you her? She she hath wrought good work on me. For you have the poor with you always. Whosoever you will, you may do them good. But me, you have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done be spoken of her, a memorial of her. Now turn with me, if you will, to the book of Luke, chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Begin reading in verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. 
And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. <laughs> my, my, my. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, stood at his feet behind him, weeping, began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. She kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she's a sinner. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me now, which one of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou that this woman, seest thou, thou gavest me no water for my feet, she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil, thou did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many, are forgiven for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Now I want you to turn one more time to the book of John, chapter 12. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served with Lazarus. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Mm. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? For he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had to bag and bear what was put therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone against that day of my burying. Has she kept this? For the poor always have you, but you have not always me. I just caught something right there, and I want to go back to it if I can find it. Okay, verse 3. He took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very closely, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped it with his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor. Of the ointment. I can tell you what's been going on in here this morning. Somebody came in the presence of God and put their alabaster box before the king 
and the ointment of the Holy Ghost has saturated this place this morning. When we talk about the presence of God and you have the key to changing the dimensions of the service, some of you held the dimensions changing parts of the service this morning. As you came before the Lord in His presence and begin to break your alabaster box in the presence of Jesus, the dimensions of this service began to shift and the power and the presence of God Almighty invaded this place. Amen. Now Jesus, now John's gospel tells us that the setting is in Bethany where Lazarus was raised from the dead. There they were preparing a meal for Jesus. And the other Gospels give us more details as we've read saying that it was Simon the Pharisee. Mark 14 and 3 went on to say that Simon was a leper. Amen. So we gather in all this information from the writers of John and we conclude that Jesus has come to the house of the sinner. Amen. Jesus had come to the house of the sinner to sit down in the presence of a sinner. Now I don't know about you this morning or where you may be coming from or where you may be going or what may be going on in your life but I come to tell you this morning if you need Jesus in your life the presence of the Lord is in this place amen I don't know if you come into this house and you don't know Jesus is your savior or maybe you've been walking with him and you don't feel like your relationship with him is as close as it once was well the Bible just told me that Jesus just loved to sit down in the midst of a sinner amen you may not know him as your personal savior this morning you may not understand the need or the necessity for Jesus but I hope before this service is over that Jesus comes by your way amen and that his presence will so wrap you up and engulf your life that your life will forever and radically be changed amen you may not even know the purpose that you have for your life you may be in this house you come here this morning and you say I'm not even sure how I made it here or what my purpose is here but I come to tell you this morning none of that bothers Jesus he's not interested in any of that all he's interested is that you came here this morning and you're in the presence of an almighty and an eternal God and your life can be forever altered before you leave this place this morning I come to tell you church we better not ever show up and think that we can't open these doors to a lost person or a sinner we can't ever snub the sinner away because Jesus said that's what he's in the business of he's in the business of saving souls that are lost amen he's in the business of those that are hopeless and that are broken. Amen. Brother Buck, I won't ever forget one of the first meetings we were in when Brother Jared and you were talking to him and you said, Brother, I know God has sent you here because these woods are full of sinners and they need somebody that knows where they've been. Amen. That did me some good when I heard that brother say that. I said, I know I'm in the right place. I said, I know I'm in the right place. Jesus, amen, is in the business of saving sinners. Hallelujah. The Bible said that Jesus has come to the house of the sinner. Amen. I tell you, he's right here this morning too. I don't know what you need or how lost you may be, how deep in death of sin your burial grave may be. But I've just read in John chapter 12 of a, of a scene where Lazarus was sitting there with Jesus. And guess what? In chapter 11, he was dead, wrapped up in dead man's clothes and grave clothes, had no life and had no hope. But Jesus came by and he called that dead man forth. I don't know about you. That was my life one day. I was a dead man wrapped up in dead man's clothes and grave clothes. They done kicked me in the grave and the devil thought he had me. 
But Jesus passed by. I said Jesus passed by. And Jesus is here this morning and he's passing us by. Matter of fact, he said, let the, eye, the scales be removed from our eyes that we may see him. You see, if you could really see Jesus this morning, if, Jesus, if, you, if, if the Holy Ghost would just show you, if Jesus was just standing up here in the front of this church, don't look at me, just imagine this is Jesus. And he's here today as I'm preaching this word. He's been here all morning. And Jesus is scanning the congregation. And he's got every person in mind. He knows where you're sitting, where you're walking. Knows what's in your heart. Knows the filthiness that might be in some of our hearts. He knows what we've been looking at, what we've been doing. He knows if you broke your alabaster box this morning. He knows where you're at this morning to Jesus. If we could really see every person in this church, you wouldn't be sitting down. You wouldn't be, you couldn't sit there and be still. Man, your, your box would have been broken before. You would have said, oh my God, I got to get to where Jesus is. He is here. Church, the presence of God is here. Today, Jesus has come our way. Amen. Just because Jesus did it, though, don't mean that you and I can do it. Now listen to me for just a moment. We're not Jesus. You know, sometimes we need to just say, folks, when they say, well, Jesus did it. Well, I'm not Jesus, and neither are you. Now, listen to me. There's a time and a place for you and I to get grown up in the Lord enough that we can go and minister to the house of a sinner, or we can allow a sinner to come to our house, and it's not going to shift the dimensions of our house. I can't get that out of my spirit. Brother Jerry's been preaching on that dimensional shift, and he talked about it a little more this week. But I'm telling you, there's some things in our lives, amen, when we can go under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost to have some uh, meeting with a sinner, amen, and we can convert them over to Christianity. But when you're new in this thing and you're fresh in this thing, don't think that you've just got the boldness and you can go out there and minister. Well, I'm going to go to the bar and get them saved. No, you're not. You're going to be back in your sin if you're not careful. Amen. Jesus knows that there's an appointed time for us to go out and minister when he gives us the power to do it. Amen. The Bible says to abstain from the very appearance of evil. Now in Luke chapter 7 and 37, the Bible said this, Behold, there was a woman in the city which was a sinner. That tells me before this day, that that day she would encounter Jesus like never before. Now there's something there that the Holy Ghost laid upon my heart as I was praying up there this morning. That some people in here today may have known about Jesus just as this woman knew about Jesus. They may have, she may have been a part actually of Jesus' ministry following him around, helping to support the finances of it, helping to cook the meals, helping to give them a place to stay. But now this day something happened. You see, she recognized that she was a sinner. She was in the presence of Jesus, following him around, doing, listen, you may be here this morning under the sound of my voice, and you say, well, I've been trying to live for the Lord. I've been trying to follow Jesus. I've been trying to walk with the Lord, but I just can't seem to grasp it. I just can't seem to do it. I know about Jesus. I've heard he was a good man. I know that he's done miracles for others. I want to serve the Lord. I've tried to walk after the Lord, but there's just something that's causing me or keeping me from obtaining 
in the goal that I want to reach with my Lord and Savior. But I want to tell you this this morning, church, that Jesus Christ, that day, something happened when that woman broke that alabaster box. Maybe this morning, you just need to bring your alabaster box before the Lord. Oh, my God, you just might need to get out of your seat this morning and with your hair, begin to wash his feet. And with your tears, begin to wash his feet. And with the presence of God will come and change your life. You can leave this place and say, I was a sinner, but no more. Because I got in the presence of the master like I had never been before. You see, there's a lot of people that'll come and that'll come to an altar. And they'll never allow the Spirit of God to do what he did in this woman. You know why? Because it was up to her to bring the most important thing that she had. The most costly thing that she had. Something happened when she finally recognized and realized there's something about this man Jesus that I've been following around. There's something about this man that can forever change my life. I want to tell you that this morning. Under the sound of my voice, whoever you are, in whatever face that you are facing this morning, Jesus can forever change your situation for the better. Some of you have given up hope, saying, my life will never be changed. I'll always be who I am. I'll never be able to come out from what I'm in. I'm bound. I have chains on me. I have shackles on me. And I can't get out from under it. I come to tell you this morning, bring your alabaster box to the presence of the Lord this morning and just pour everything out to him and allow him to change your life as he did this woman. Hallelujah. You see, she knew that day that there was difference was going to come. She was a mess. She was a sinner. I was a mess. I was a sinner. But Jesus, amen. The Bible says that she knew Jesus was in the house, and she brought an alabaster box of ointment or oil. And I want to ask you this morning, what did you bring to Jesus? This is the question he posed to me. He said, ask my church, what did they bring to me this morning? You say, well, I don't read in the Bible where I have to bring anything to Jesus. You better bring everything to Jesus. Amen. Jesus' salvation that he offered is free, but it will cost you your entire life. You see, that rich young ruler, as Brother Jared said many times from this pulpit, had a decision to make that day. When he looked at Jesus and said, what shall I do to be saved? He said, that boy had one choice. Amen. He could die and go to hell or sell it all and follow Jesus. Amen. We better sell it all and follow Jesus this morning because you're playing around. If you want to die and go to hell, you play around with God. God's asking us this morning to follow Jesus. Amen. You see, <clears throat> what about you dear old saints sitting here this morning? What did you bring to Jesus? Say, well, I've been saved, been in church, been living for the Lord all my life. Did you bring anything here today for Jesus? You see, that's Many of us, it's just a take relationship. We don't ever want to give anything back. Some of us sit here, probably never paid a tithe check in our life. But I tell you, when you break that alabaster box before Jesus, 
You want to give it all to Jesus. Amen. You don't have a problem writing that tithe check out because you know who gave you that money to begin with. Amen. You see, we can't just be a take part of a relationship. If I'm in a marriage with my wife and all I ever do is take, take, take and never give anything back to her, it ain't going to take her long to get tired of that and say, look at here, buddy, boy, you're going to have to start putting something into this relationship. All you're doing is taking. I need you to give a little bit. That's the way Jesus is. He'll come around us. He'll marry us. He'll pour out his love to us. He'll get us out of our addiction. He'll give us everything we need, get us on the right path, but eventually he He's going to say, all right, Marshall, now you've took and took and took from me. I need you to give. Well, how can I give, Lord? Well, here you go, son. Read my word. It's laid out to you how you can give. You can give in many other ways other than finances, right? But we must find out, God, what can I do to give unto you? Jesus told me to ask you that question this morning. Dear old saint, what did you bring to Jesus this morning? Did you bring him anything? We knew he was going to be in the house. We knew he was going to be in the house. Did, did you come here this morning thinking Jesus wasn't going to be here? Let me see your hand. See, Jesus is here. You may say, well, I wasn't sure if he was going to be there or not. Yeah, you knew he was going to be here. That don't excuse you. Amen. We knew when we got up out of our bed that we are going to that church down there for a reason. i got to receive something from my Savior. I need to be in my presence of my Savior like never before. You know, it's all right to be at home and be in His presence. I appreciate that on the days we can't come to church. But there's nothing like being in His presence with brothers and sisters whom love the Lord and lifting up our hands to a worship like we had this morning where the presence of God is real. We must give. What about you, teenager? Young person, worship leader, preachers, teachers, prophets, pew warmer. I covered it all. That's that got got everybody. It's like the anointing Jared talked about. It paints everything, right? We just cut. If you're sitting here this morning, you just got covered. Okay, that was you. What did you bring to Jesus? What did you bring to offer Jesus in this house this morning? Amen. Jesus. How about you, sinner? What'd you bring? He said, well, I'm not one of them because I'm not nothing. I'm just an old sinner. Did you bring anything? This woman knew she was a sinner. She brought something to Jesus. <laughs> she brought something to Jesus. It was not so much what this woman had brought, but it was the way that she came to Jesus. Listen to me. This is your key this morning. There's a key to salvation, real salvation. Amen. She came, and she was a broken mess. She recognized him for who he was, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. She said, everything that I've got in this box does not matter what it's cost me or how much it's worth. I recognize now that this man is more than I've took him for. And what I've got in this box, I'm fixing to bring it to his feet. I'm fixing to break my alabaster box in his presence. And I'm fixing to let this ointment run out. But the Bible said that her tears, you see, she was broken. She was humble. She was crying. There was a presence of God in her life that brought her to a place that she was willing to break that alabaster box and that the tears that she was shedding, she was crying. She said, my hair, I'm going to take to his feet. I'm going to wipe them. I'm going to wash them. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I recognize that he is who he says he is. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
And I want to ask you that this morning, church. Do you recognize the presence of the Almighty and Eternal King that's been in this house this morning? As we read in Luke chapter 7, verses 40 through 48, what did she offer Jesus? With her tears, she washed Jesus' feet. Some of us just got that old hardness about us. We just, oh man, I'm a man. And we can't get in the presence of God and be humble before Him and let God break us to the point that our tears can wash His feet. I challenge you this morning, if that's you, begin to pray and ask God, God soften my heart. Let me get to a place that with my tears and prayer, I can wash your feet. Let me get to a place that I'm broken in your presence like never before. Because you see, a broken, and a, a broken heart is what attracts the Lord. Amen. He'll oppose the proud, but the broken and the humble is what he's drawn to. With her hair, she wiped his feet. His feet she kissed. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. I'm sure his feet were dirty. He's walking in sandals in that day if he had any shoes at all, right? So all through that dust, if you've ever been to Israel, you'll see it's just an old dusty place. So his feet had to be filthy and dirty. And you say, I wouldn't kiss his feet. That's just nasty. Man, that didn't bother that woman. She said, let me get to his feet so I can kiss him. If you'll push past all that stuff this morning, and you'll come to the place where you say, let me just get at his feet. And at his feet, that's where my life's going to be changed. That's where I'm going to break my alabaster box. That's where I'm going to pour out my tears at his feet. That's where I'm going to let my hairs wash those feet. That's where I'm going to let my feet, my mouth kiss those dirty feet. It won't matter how dirty they are. All you'll want to do is be in the presence of God. And once you've been there, you can never go back to the way that you were because there's nothing that will satisfy you. Amen. Get in his presence this morning. Jesus went on to say, she anointed his feet with oil. This woman got it. She gave it all up. Jesus went on to say, her sins, which were many, were forgiven because she loved much. How many of you old rotten sinners in here were forgiven of much this morning? We're required to love much this morning. Amen. Love should be the most important thing that we give to those around us. Remember who all is here. His disciples were present at this house. We have a sinner named Simon the Pharisee, and he was recognized as a leper. We got this woman here. We got Lazarus, and we got Martha. Now there's a warning that this could be to be careful if you've always been a good person, and you hadn't ever recognized yourself as somebody that needs Jesus. This is a stern warning this morning. Listen, just because you hadn't ever been a rotten drug addict, or just because you hadn't recognized yourself as being a rotten sinner, maybe you've had a pretty good life. Maybe things that, you know, you were brought up in church and you were sheltered and you, you stayed in church and you didn't really get out and you didn't do a whole lot of, didn't get in a whole lot of trouble, but you was a pretty good old person. I come to tell you this morning, you needed Jesus in your life just as much as a drug addict did, just as much as a fornicator did, just as much as anybody else in here. 
But Jesus will warn you if you're not careful, you'll begin to be judgmental of those around you that were forgiven of much because the way God's using them now. Well, I just don't understand how that person could be used by God. Look at everything that they have did in their past. And you're sitting up there and you're judgmental. That's what happened to the man here in the story as we read. That's what happened to, 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 the, to the person in the story here. It was the same way. He began to be judgmental about what Jesus was doing and the presence that she was in because she was willing to break her alabaster box. Be careful. It doesn't matter who you think you are or what you think that you've done. You needed Jesus in your life and you should be grateful because Jesus saved you and bought you with a price. Amen. Amen. This application here that Jesus made to Simon was both he and the sinful woman had been forgiven, but the one who had the greater amount to be forgiven will appreciate that forgiveness the most. The more we sense the lost and the hopelessness condition that we were in, the more we will appreciate what Jesus has done for us. God wants someone to know this morning that you needed Jesus as a good person. Amen? Just as much as we all did. As much as the old rank drug addict, as much as any other person. And He wants you to appreciate Him and what He did for you on Calvary. Do not despise the work that God has done in others whom you may deem unworthy. Do you hear me? We are not to question who God calls or why. That's not for us to question. Now listen to me. This weekend we were in Arkansas. We were having lunch one day with these mountain men. And this man was going to tell us a story. And so I felt like I needed to share it this morning. This mountain man said, that him and they were two of them, they were drinkers. All they ever did in their life, Brother Jason, was go to the bar, stay drunk. They drank every weekend, every night. That's what they did. That's what their life consisted of for 30 years as they was best friends. That's what they did. They drunk, got drunk, drinking. And one day this man got radically saved, one of them. God saved his soul. He got radically saved. For years after that, this man continued to be in touch with his friend because they were friends. They talked. They didn't hang out together, but they were friends. And he would always encourage him and give him a word. This man recognized what God had done in his life because he's now a preacher. God called him to preach. He's preaching the gospel. So the radical move in his life was amazing and very evident with the eye. And so this man now, as they continue to talk and be friends, but he would never come to the Lord. He would talk to him and he said, I'm not interested in that. Well, one day, this man ran into him at the store. He was going to the mountains. They were going to go to the mountains. They were going to do some things down at the creek. He was going to do a little fishing or whatever. And so he asked his friend, his old drinking friend, he said, Hey, brother, you know, I know, I know you, we don't hang out a lot anymore, but I just wanted to ask you, could you go with me today to the, to the creek, to the mountain? And they named this mountain. And he said, Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go with you if you'll let me bring my beer. And that preacher man looked at him and he said, yeah, bring your beer. You can come with me. <laughs> so he went with him that day. And as this preacher man got there with him, he said, I'm going to go on down here. He said, you can sit right here where you're at. I'm, I've got some things I want to do down here. I'm going to have to leave you for a few minutes, but I'll be back. You sit here with your beer. So he goes off and he leaves him. And the Holy Ghost of God began to deal with that rank sinner about that preacher and his life. And he began to weep and cry, sitting there drinking beer. 
And that man came back after about 30 minutes. And he looked at him, he looked up at him, and he said, I got to tell you something. And he said, what? What's wrong? He said, I don't know what happened after you left, but the presence of God's so strong here, I got to get saved. I need you to lead me to the Lord. So he led that man to the Lord. That man left that mountain that day. He said that God spoke to him and told him before, before all that, he said, you're going to die before you get up to the top of that mountain if you don't serve me. That's how real what happened to him was. He said, you're going to die before you get to the top of that mountain if you don't give your life to me and serve me today. That man's been radically changed now, and he's been serving God for about 15 years. But what if that preacher man would have said, no, you can't bring your beer. You just stay there. The religious crowd would have said, no, you don't bring your beer with me. But you see, because now they'll crucify him. Right? That, that religious crowd would have crucified that pastor. Now, I understand you've got to be careful not getting in trouble with something like that. But that man knew that day. I believe the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, you get that man however it takes to come with you. And I'm going to do something radical in his life. Amen? You see, we can't despise the work that God does in an old rank sinner's life. Amen? Whatever, whoever God decides and chooses to use, God raise them up and, and use them. We're going to support that. Amen? Because you never know what God's doing. Amen? And I believe that we must be careful pointing our finger to, to those around us. God wants somebody. He's going to choose to use them. Let's let him use them. In verse, in verse 39, the Pharisee began to ridicule Jesus in his heart. And he spake within himself. He didn't say it out loud. But within himself, he began to ridicule what was going on. There this woman is. She's a sinner. She's pouring out her alabaster box. She's breaking all that. She's washing his feet. Jesus is just, he's just sitting there letting her do all that. How many of us, like Sister Carly said Sunday night, will build all in our hearts, but we won't ever say anything. We just let that begin to build in our heart. And we harbor on it. That's what was going on in his life. Thank God that Jesus was there and recognized it and began to point it out to him and say, well, here, let me show you this story real quick and let you, you tell me who's forgiven much. See, Jesus always knew how to deal with something like that. Amen? This Pharisee began to speak within himself. How many of us do this today? We have all, we build our case. If we were a prophet, number one, if he was, a, she's a sinner. And the Pharisee's now judging the sinner, the woman, and everyone else, and even Jesus. Now, Scripture does not say what this woman's sin was, but must have been pretty bad, right? There's, I did some study on it, and some people... Well, I won't get into all that. Time's short. But Jesus, out of his love and his compassion for her, begins to tell him the story of the creditor, or, or for his soul, begins to tell him the story of the creditor so that he can understand it. Matthew 26 and 8 says, But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? Those following Jesus closely were deceived to begin with. And Jesus told them, Leave her alone. The poor you will always have, but with... But I will not always be walking in this flesh with you. I believe all of them repented and got right but one. Judas, the Bible says, went on to the chief priest and asked, How much will you give me if I betray him? Amen. 
Brother Russell, if you'll come on and begin to help me close here. We must not allow things to stay in our heart, church. Anytime that there's unforgiveness or sin, anything that begins to build up in our heart, if we hold on to that, it can become a stronghold in our life, amen, and it can take us away from the Lord's presence. Deal with those things as God shows us to deal with them. And I want to talk about what that woman had in that bottle for just a moment as we close. This container was likely made in alabastron Egypt of alabaster, a white marble-like stone cut from a vessel used to preserve the fragrance of perfume. And the Greeks called this stone vessels alabaster. On average, each vessel held a half a pint of perfume or special oil. Some have suggested that each person would have a container of this perfume for the day of their own death and their own burial. What that woman was toting around in that alabaster box, brother, was for her own death and for her own burial. Think about that for just a moment, church. But that woman recognized the Messiah. And when he told her, thy sins are forgiven... Some of you is already preaching ahead of me. I can see it. <laughs> Woo, my, 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 my. She said, well, I won't be needing this ointment and this oil anymore. I've done died and resurrected. And Jesus Christ is my Savior. You see, you don't have to worry about your death and your burial no more when you meet Jesus. Amen. Everything's going to be all right. She recognized that day. If I pour out this stuff here, I bought it for myself. I know I might need it for my, but during that process, when Jesus said, Thy sins be forgiven, no longer did she need that oil anymore. No longer did she need that ointment. But she was ready and willing to be a servant of Christ. Listen to this. This was not the first time she was. When she encouraged Jesus, encountered Jesus that day, she realized that she had died and no longer needed what was in that bottle for her death. This was not the first time she had been around Jesus or had ever encountered him. John chapter 11, we see that she was present at Jesus, at Lazarus' death. Death to life was not enough for her to realize that day, though. You see, she had saw the miracle that Jesus had done, but that wasn't enough for her to pour her alabaster box out that day. She's still watching and seeing what's going on. Some of you have been following this Jesus all your life in your mind. And you're saying, man, I know it's real. I know it's that. But you just hadn't broke your box yet before Jesus. You hadn't just poured it all out. But this morning Jesus is saying, would you just pour out your alabaster box in this altar for me? That day... The encounter changed her life. Maybe you say this morning, well, I've tried before, and I always go back. Have you ever poured out your alabaster box? Stand with me this morning. Amen. I don't know what you come in here facing this morning, what you may be going through. I don't know where you are with your walk with the Lord. I feel like Jesus spoke to me this morning and said, there's going to be a sinner in the house that needs to know that I love them. I don't know if that's you this morning. If you're here 
And this word has talked to your heart and that God has spoke to your heart. Maybe the whole service that's been going on here this morning. You knew you felt the presence of God. You know the love of God's here. You know Jesus is dealing with your heart. Maybe you're backslidden away from God. But God sent me here this morning to tell you today could be your day that your life could be changed forever. Amen. I believe that many people this morning changed this service because you brought your alabaster box in the presence of God and you broke it before the Lord. I believe some of you has been holding on to that. And you say, you say this morning, you know that God is dealing with your heart that you should break that alabaster box in the presence of the Lord. I know it's getting late, and I know that you have lunch ready, but I tell you that'll be there when you get there. Amen. Some of you have been toting your box around for too many years after you've come in the presence of the Lord. You got saved, and you're, all you do is you ever come and you go out the door and you never give Jesus anything. And Jesus is waiting on you this morning. Amen. These altars are open this morning. I invite you to come. If you need the Lord, if you need to be saved, if you're backslidden, would you just come see me this morning? I'd be glad to pray with you, lead you to the Lord. Amen. Don't forget tonight at 6 o'clock, come back and support the man of God. Amen. These altars are open if you need to pray. Hallelujah.